Well, I'm on my way. I don't know where I'm going. I'm on my way. I'm taking my time, but I don't know where. Goodbye, Rose. It's the Queen of Corona. See me and Julio down by the schoolyard. See me and Julio down by the schoolyard. Good morning, 810 here on News Radio 92.3. I'm Andrew McKay. It's Pensacola Morning News. Julio Diaz is the host of the Pensacola Movie Club on Facebook and in real life at the theaters, typically on a Thursday night. And also of Let's Go Pensacola at 4 o'clock Saturdays here on News Radio. And he joins us now by phone. Julio, welcome back, sir. Hey, good morning, Andrew. So we have eight movies this week. If we can get to them, I don't know that we will. But let's start with what y'all watched, Poor Things. Is this is this an Oscar one that we kind of finally got the release of? Yeah, this is. In fact, we've got the Oscar nominations coming this week, this coming week. So, you know, thankfully, we're finally getting like the last two big buzz Oscar movies opening here in Pensacola. Uh, Poor Things being the bigger of the two. This is uh, starring Emma Stone and uh, Mark Ruffalo and Willem Dafoe, uh, directed by Yorgos Lanthimos, who also did uh, The Favorite and uh, The Lobster. It makes these really offbeat movies. This is a very, very offbeat movie. It's not going to appeal to everyone. It is very uh, very graphic in terms of language and nudity and sex. Uh, but it. it is just a, a, an absolutely unique, one-of-a-kind movie, and the performances in this are so, so good. Some of the best performances of the year, and in fact, I am starting to question myself as to whether uh, Lily Gladstone is the lock for best actress that I thought she was because Emma Stone is incredible in this movie. Uh, so is Mark Ruffalo. Uh, everybody is just fantastic. It's it's really good. It's not for everybody, but uh, definitely one of the best movies of last year because hmm. technically this came out last year. Right. Okay. All right. Um, American Fiction is uh, second of eight. Yes, this is the other one that uh, we will probably see at least a few nominations for, probably a screenplay nomination, possibly a Best Actor nomination for Jeffrey Wright, who has been honored in a lot of uh, oh, and he's great. a lot of the uh, the lead up uh, lead up. But uh, this is a, a film of uh, Jeffrey Wright plays a very serious uh, author, obviously a, a black author who you know very serious about his craft and is tired of seeing how the uh, the entertainment industry gravitates towards these things that. Uh, you know, or kind of modern day minstrel shows, you know, that, you know, depict all the black people as, you know, gangsters and terrible right. slang. And, you know, uh, and he gets so frustrated that he writes this, this novel that he intends as satire to get it out of his system. That is just the worst, like most basically, you know, racist stereotype of a, you know, black man on the streets novel. And of course it becomes a huge, it's hit. a huge hit, right? Of course it is. Right. <laughs> and then he's, and then he's got to sell himself as this when he's really this erudite, you know? <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, obviously very satirical, great reviews on this 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. And, uh, like I said, we'll probably hear this called out at the Oscars as well. All right. Uh, that one sounds very interesting. Uh, ISS, I, uh, international space station, right? Right, yeah, these are uh, we're getting to our two big national releases this week. ISS is a uh, science fiction thriller set in the near future on the International Space Station, uh, where there's you know two crews, a Russian crew and an American crew that are you know on the ship, as as happens in the real world, uh, and uh, an international conflict breaks out on Earth between the uh, the the two opposing governments, and each of the crews is told to take the station by any means necessary. Hmm. Uh, so you know, they, these people that have been working together now become, you know, as happens in every office space, you know, become, you know, 
the worst enemies. And wasn't this uh, a, like wasn't Tom Cruise trying to do something like this, or did I misread that somewhere? No, that's a different movie. Tom oh, Cruise okay. is making a movie that is some of it's actually being shot in zero gravity. Oh, okay. Uh, this is getting this is getting okay reviews, sixty six percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay, all right. Uh, Founders Day, number four. Satirical horror movie that uh, plays with the conventions of the slashers, but set against a you know a heated mayoral campaign where people are dying left and right. Uh, getting okay reviews, but the the reviewers that like it really like it. And I think if you are a fan of the horror genre, if you like satirical horror, you are going to like this one. Run at about fifty eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay, uh, the end. We start from. Uh, this is a, a British uh, ecological story where uh, an ecological disaster has uh, basically left London underwater, and uh, there's a young mother with a newborn trying to find her way home through this, played by Jodie Comer. Uh, it's British, so Benedict Cumberbatch is also in it because that's required. Uh, this is <laughs> Well, Jodie Comer is, is fantastic. I mean, I loved her yeah, in, in, in uh, Killing well, Eve. Yeah, no, great, great, great acting in this and running 84% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, 84, outstanding. Uh, quickly, Freud's last session? Uh, C.S. Lewis and Sigmund Freud debate the existence of God, uh, oh. played by, uh, played by respectively, uh, Anthony Hopkins as Freud and Matthew Good as Lewis, uh, but not great reviews on this, running, oh. running into low 60s. I love the premise. Cold Killer? Uh, cold Killer. Uh, oh, Cold Killer, sorry. And Al- Cult, cult, oh, like uh, like a cult of personality. Yeah, uh, Antonio Banderas and Alice Eve are uh, detectives investigating some serial killings uh, surrounding a very uh, uh, family with some dark secrets. Okay, and not great reviews on this. Forty forty percent of Rotten Tomatoes. And the last one of the January dump, which brings me to you. A romantic comedy, which seems to be making a little bit of a comeback after uh, Anyone But You was a big, has been a big hit, uh, uh, starring a young couple that they meet at a wedding and they have kind of a disastrous hookup, but then they uh, kind of get to know each other better. And it's a rom-com, you know, so it's, you know, kind of, there's a little bit of a formula to a rom-com. There is. Uh, but uh, pretty decent reviews on this. Come, run it at 69% on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. An interesting number. Uh, no. <laughs> oh, man. Where's Candy? Come on. Oh, man. Come on. Hey, hey, hey. You had to. If, if, I can re- if I can restrain myself. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, reminding to the audience, I'm 12 inside. Um, <laughs> maybe 14. Anyway, uh, what, are you, what are you guys going to watch next week, Julio? I'm uh, not sure yet, but uh, as soon as we do know, it will be up in the Facebook group. Very good. Julio Diaz hosts Let's Go Pensacola, 4 o'clock here on Saturdays on News Radio, and then the Pensacola Movie Club on Thursdays, and follow them on Facebook. As always, sir, thank you for the time. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Andrew. The Transgressive Memorial Service comes up next. Jake's got traffic on the fives. Okay, if you're trying to get on to I-110 from 10 West, we have a vehicle crash there from earlier. It's still causing a little bit of slowdown there. We had some vehicles off to the side of that exit ramp. Uh, Ruby Avenue at West Fairfield Drive, we have a vehicle crash with injuries and roadblock there. If you're on Creighton Road at Lanier Drive, we have a vehicle crash with injuries and roadblock there. The last I checked, the two lanes on the right-hand side of of, uh, Creighton were blocked. Chamukla Highway and Highway 90 in Milton, roadway is blocked there from a vehicle crash. Use caution in that area. If you see anything else out there slowing you down, let me know. Call or text our traffic tip line, 437-1620. I'm Jake Walker with Traffic on the Fives. 
It's a new year and that means new savings on your next Volkswagen from Pete Moore Imports. Remember 0% financing? Well, it's returned to Pete Moore Imports and is now available on all 2023 Volkswagen Tiguan and Taos crossover models. In addition to 0% financing, Pete Moore Imports is discounting those models like the 2023 Taos SE, now from $31,245, and the 2023 Tiguan SE R-Line, now from $34,791. Both discounted models offer 0% financing for 60 months. And with the new year comes the 2024 Atlas SE, now from $38,696, and the 2024 Atlas Cross Sport SE from $37,361. Start saving this month at Piedmore Imports. They're not in Car City, so you won't pay Car City prices. Piedmore Imports is on New Warrington Road, Pensacola. Special APR rate for qualifying credit through PCI. Sale price before tag, tax title, and associated dealer fees. Must take delivery by February 29, 2024. See dealer for details. It's time to gear up for success in 2024 with the latest and greatest gear at Jim's Firearms, your one-stop destination for everything firearms. Enhance your shooting experience with cutting-edge optics, illuminate your target with powerful lights and lasers, and carry with confidence using state-of-the-art holsters. They have everything you need to dominate the range. Jim's Firearms at the corner of Sorrento Road at Blue Angel Parkway or shop online at jimsfirearms.net. Gear up and make 2024 your best year on the range. The cost of health care is all in the news. Tune in Tuesday morning at 10 on the Pensacola Expert Panel as ProHealth will be the guest and will be discussing how ProHealth medical membership programs can help you take out the stress and cost of health care. That's Tuesday morning at 10 as ProHealth will be the guest on the Pensacola Expert Panel. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. The Dave Ramsey Show, weeknights 7 to 10, before WEAR TV News on News Radio 923. Informative, local, dependable. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today for the Transgressors Memorial Service, remembering those who have transgressed against the great spirit of inclusion and must forever be cast into the abyss of dead names. Let's join Brother Andrew, remembering those who we have lost. Our first remembrance is for the Statue of Liberty. As we stand in awe of the inspiring call to integrity made by freshman Democratic Representative Maxwell Frost of Orlando, Florida. During a congressional discussion of the draconian anti-immigrant House Bill 2 this week, Frost boldly called on Republicans to be consistent and dismantle the Statue of Liberty if they're going to keep attacking immigrants, especially the ones living alternative document styles. If you keep pushing your bigoted H.R. 2 bill, then also pass this bill. I've taken the liberty of drafting it for you. It removes the Statue of Liberty, our largest symbol that tells people to come here. This is who you are, removing the fabric of America. Truly inspiring. And the more we consider this giant, corroded copper edifice, the more reasons we have to remove her. First and most obviously, we love the idea of tearing down a statue. It's kind of our thing. But consider the statue herself, modeled on Libertas, the Roman goddess of freedom. In this country that oppresses, marginalizes, and restricts, how can we allow this icon of lies to stand, proclaiming, as it were, a teal-washed version of America's true sordid self? Some unindoctrinated onlooker might just start to feel proud of this country, and we certainly don't want that, do we? 
After all, she was constructed to celebrate the ending of slavery in the Civil War, not immigration as many people think. But why should Americans be allowed to believe we have transcended the racist roots of this country like we all learned about as children in Critical Race Theory Sunday School? The broken chain and shackles at her feet belong firmly affixed to her downtrodden ankles because neither blacks nor women in this nation are truly free. Besides, what image of womanhood does she even portray? A tiarid princess put up permanently on a pedestal to be admired for her physical appeal as she wears a flowing robe, reinforcing her traditional gender identity with the oppressive garb of binary cisgenderism that covers her neck to ankle like some Americanized burqa? Are women really only capable of carrying a torch and a book into battle? Unlike Lady Leading the People, the painting that inspired her, featuring a topless revolutionary heroine carrying a musket and bayonet in one hand and waving a French flag in the other, now that's a picture of the modern feminist woman. So yes, Lady Liberty must go and we give our most heartfelt thanks to Representative Frost, the first member of Gen Z elected to Congress, for finally representing our values with such dignity and clarity. Liberté, sorority, and egalité. Woe unto all who offend. Second, we applaud the U.S. Federal Highway Administration for its new 1,100-page manual released last month that includes a prohibition on digital signboards using humor in their messages to drivers. It's about time somebody did away with those weak attempts at cleverness that only serve to distract road users from the serious purpose of public safety and saving lives. In fact, some states like Arizona had gone so far to, as to have competitions every year to come up with the best messages. But as the second dictation of St. Olaf the Obscure reminds us, the greatest enemy of our cause is humor, for comedy breeds creativity and subordination, the questioning of authority, and also encourages citizens to think for themselves and not take life too seriously, all values detrimental to our dreams of benevolent dictatorship. Yes, we need people frustrated and angry, not relaxed and happy. No one attends protest rallies when they're laughing, you know. Besides, all comedy comes at the risk of offending someone, and since our core value is to always do everything in our power to avoid letting anyone take offense, digital highway signs must be neutered of all creativity and innovation. Just consider some examples. From Massachusetts, use Yablenka. As if mocking a Northeasterner's speech pathology is an appropriate thing in a public entity. From Ohio, visiting in-laws, slow down, get there late. As if disrespecting family is a virtue. From New Jersey, Hocus pocus, drive with focus. As if Wiccans and their sacred practices are just fodder for marginalizing humor. And from Arizona, hands on the wheel, not your meal. As if the grave danger of eating and driving is just a punchline on the highway to catastrophe. No, dear otherin, we have learned well the lesson of every authoritarian regime in history. Comedy, satire, humor, mirth, these are the true enemies of order and decency, and distracting drivers from their primary task with such whimsical slogans cannot be healthy for a population we need to be able to control at every turn. No good fascist ever embraced humor, and neither shall we. The DOT hath spoken. Funny, interesting road signs must go woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend. Finally, sometimes a thing is just so darned elegant we have to sit back and admire it. That's certainly how we feel about the pioneering class being offered at Rice University in Houston, Afrochemistry 125, the study of black life matter. Yes, this first of its kind course will help students, quote, apply chemical tools and analysis to understand black life in the U.S. and implement African-American sensibilities to analyze chemistry. Understanding the complex interplay between race and covalent bonding, 
or how black perspectives on the injustices of the periodic table or the ways that scientific notation and significant figures reinforce the white patriarchy are just some of the insights students will gain in this class. For centuries, African Americans have struggled under the oppression of chemistry education formed by whites for whites with virtually no minority perspective whatsoever. Now at last, participants will use, quote, proposals for addressing inequities in chemistry and chemical education to inform personal reflection so as to make the work of hard sciences more just and equitable. Does Avogadro's number perpetuate a racist paradigm? Can concepts like protons, atoms, and molecules be disentangled from the ugly legacy of white supremacy culture? Does balancing a chemical equation foster racial harmony or facilitate racial annihilation? If you miss, mix acid rock and rob base together in a beaker, does the pH become neutral? Take the class and find out! Yes, the revelations of the physical world and its connection to racial identity await those lucky students who enroll in this trailblazing course. So for finding yet another way to make everything all about race all the time, Rice University, we salute you. Wait, Rice? Race? Coincidence? <laughs> we think not. Woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend. As you depart today, please remember to drop off your children's trophies, ribbons, plaques, and awards in the donation bin so that other and Clara and Pat can go to the inner city this weekend to distribute them to all the impoverished children whose self-esteems never get the encouragement they need, which our middle-class white kids take for granted. This is all part of the Participation Award Justice Project, proudly redistributing social recognition from the haves to the have-nots for 14 years now. Refreshments this week are provided by Fliberta Gigabits, the virtual delicatessen specializing in healthy carbon-neutral snacks for your digital avatar. There will be no refreshments for your actual bodies, but your virtual selves can enjoy one conflict-free non-GMO organic digital vegan smoothie of your choice. It's refreshing in a way you can't even taste. And now, brethren, sisterin, and otherin, having been cleansed of these hurtful words, give each other the holy virtue signal and go forth and transgress no more. 627 here on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. A giant corroded copper edifice? Oh my <laughs> God, dude. First, I have this horrible dream that some short haired drummer takes my gig, and then I come into this. And critical race theory Sunday school, so that's your thing now? Well, you know, we don't want to teal wash history no way of, that of bla- history. Yeah, that's great. And that black lives chemistry, that's not true. That's a real thing. No, it's, it's not. It's absolutely a real thing. It is absolutely it really, not. really, really is. I Candy's here for a day because they're celebrating the 20th anniversary of cat country. So, plus, uh, I like hanging out. I just pop in some And also because we love her so much. Uh, Jake's got traffic for us. <laughs> hey, old stupid's back. Yes. The whole time uh, now, you were now, bringing now up we wanted different it, topics, it, she's looking at me like, really? And I'm like, yeah, this this is oh real. Gosh, this dude, is all real stuff. Yeah, no, the... The Black Life Matter was really their <laughs> subtitle for the Afrochemistry 125. It didn't even make that up. Isn't that crazy? All right. So that was Candy. That was, that was from earlier this morning. Oh, I just man. knew you'd love to hear her. Um, she is. I, she might be over at the other studio now. She's here for the Cat Country 20th, and she's so awesome. Anyway, uh, Jake, tell them about traffic. All right. Uh, merging on to I-10, I-110 from 10 West. Uh, if you're headed down I-10 West and you're going to try to get off at 110, just be careful. We have some vehicles over on the shoulder of that exit ramp causing a little slowdown there. Fairfield Drive, West Fairfield Drive at Ruby Avenue. We have a vehicle crash with injuries and roadblock there, as well as Creighton Road and Lanier Drive. Vehicle crash with injuries. Uh, we got two lanes blocked there on the right-hand side of the road. Crews are on the scene, so they might be getting that cleared up as we speak. 
Chamuckla Highway and Highway 90 in Milton. Also, we have roadway blockage from an earlier vehicle crash. If you see anything out there slowing you down, let us know. Call or text our traffic tip line, 437-1620. I'm Jake Walker with Traffic on the Fives. Thanks so much, Jake. Into the newsroom now, David Wayne's got our headlines. David? Hunter, Bi- Hunter Biden has now agreed to a closed-doors deposition next month. Yesterday, mm. officials said he'll take part in the House Oversight and Judiciary Committee's impeachment inquiry into President Biden and uh, some big names headed to the Big Easy. The Rolling Stones are headlining this year's New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Festival. They'll also be joined by other rock legends, including Neil Young and Crazy Horse, Earth, Wind and Fire, the Beach Boys, the Foo Fighters, Bonnie Raitt, and George Thorogood. Nice. All right. That's wow, all happening that's April and May. Plus, we found out that, uh, what, let's see, um, uh, Reba McIntyre is going to do the anthem, and I forget the other ones. Post Malone is going to do something, and then I forget who the person is that's going to be singing the, um, the black anthem, but uh, for the Super Bowl coming up. So lots of entertainment news out there. David, thanks. Fox News, I'm Therese Crowley. Weekend for three in New England. Trump, DeSantis, and Haley all campaigning before Tuesday's New Hampshire primary. Nikki Haley taking us straight to the front runners on CNN. You really want to have two 80-year-olds running for president? While Donald Trump tells Fox's Hannity, Haley wouldn't be able to handle the position, can't handle the onslaught. President Biden's son Hunter agrees to appear for a deposition before House investigators on the Joe Biden impeachment inquiry. But this morning, lawyers for Hunter's friend Kevin Morris charge the House Oversight Chair leaked details of his interview where Morris admitted paying Hunter's legal bills and buying half his art for $5 million worth. The March for Life stepping off in snowy Washington, a tradition since 1974. House Speaker Mike Johnson addressing the crowd about new efforts to preserve life after Roe versus Wade was sent back to the states. America is listening to Fox News. Good morning. It's 831 at News Radio 92.3. Right now we've got partly cloudy skies. It's 50 degrees in Pensacola. Florida's District 2 State Representative Alex Andrade says he will get funding for the city of Pensacola to demolish the old Baptist campus, but without a firm commitment from the city to take ownership of that land, he probably can't get as much as they're hoping for. If partners like the state, you know, partners like me say, happy to help, here's a very simple thing I need um, and it's and it's not done I mean like uh, the state's gonna get some money it's just gonna be less money and um, you know best of luck to the the mayor and pursuing other sources of funding Andrade says the city could be looking at a total of around five million dollars which would still be about two million dollars less than they were hoping for that means uh, Pensacola would have to find another funding source to meet their goal of demolishing the old campus to use that land for affordable housing. Earlier this week, Reeves told News Radio he couldn't make a firm commitment and put the city at risk if there were unexpected costs associated. The Escambia Sheriff's Office says a woman was taken to the hospital yesterday after a shooting near Greenwell Street and Memphis Avenue in the Bellevue area. That happened last night, just about 10 o'clock. And deputies say the woman had a single gunshot wound. Right now, no word on her condition. The investigation continues after a man in his 60s was discovered in bushes outside of a business on North Davis Highway yesterday morning. That happened between Dittmar and Hewitt Streets and led to a portion of the road being temporarily closed yesterday morning. The man was found unresponsive and taken to a hospital where he later died. After investigating whether the man was hit by a car, officers ruled that out. So if you have any information on what happened, you're asked to contact the Pensacola Police Department. 
Escambia County has now improved its rating in the National Flood Insurance Program's community rating system. Joe Ford explains what that means for residents. Yeah, it's good news for sure. It means that Escambia County residents can expect additional discounts on flood insurance premiums. After an extensive review and documentation process, Escambia County has earned a Class 6 CRS rating, improving from Class 7. Since 2019, Escambia County residents have received a discount of up to 15% on flood insurance premiums because of the Class 7 rating. With the new Class 6, the discounts will increase up to 20%. That'll take effect on October 1st of this year. Joe Ford, News Radio 92.3. Thank you very much, Joe. Appreciate that update. The city of Pensacola now looking for some ideas on how to redevelop the old Pensacola Sports Headquarters downtown. Uh, earlier this week, the CRA voted to request letters of interest from potential buyers. We just want potential developers to be very cognizant that you know we are trying to um, preserve waterfront views. We're also trying to be respectful of the residential nature directly behind um, this development. But then, you know, we're also realizing that this is an opportunity again to increase density and you know, introduce something new within our city. And if city leaders have their way, that property could be transformed into a multi-story residential building. According to Channel 3, they've also got their their eyes on the Harborview building on West Cedar Street and a parking deck that's across the street from that. Both of those currently up for sale. It is 835. Jake's got our traffic. Yes. Um, I-10 West merging uh, onto 110. We still have a little bit of slowdown there uh, from a vehicle crash earlier, causing a little bit of slowdown there. Uh, Ruby Avenue at West Fairfield Drive, we have a vehicle crash with injuries and roadblock. Also, Creighton Road and Lanier Drive in Pensacola, a vehicle crash with injuries. And the last I checked, that had two lanes blocked. Um, this traffic report is brought to you by Fresh From Florida. Meal planning is work, so let Fresh From Florida help. Learn what's in season and browse hundreds of recipes at freshfromflorida.com. Eat healthier with Fresh From Florida. There's sunshine in every bite. If you see anything out there slowing you down, text or call our traffic tip line, 437-1620. I'm Jake Walker with Traffic on the Fives. We will have a wet start to the day, and then showers will dry up by the afternoon. 54 degrees for your high. Temperatures drop overnight into the 20s. We're going to wake up very cold on Saturday. 20s as you wake up with temperatures feeling more like the teens. Sunny skies in the afternoon with a high near 43. Saturday night, another very cold night with temperatures dropping back in the 20s. This is Brooke Richardson from the First Morning Weather Center. And right now, 48 in Pensacola, 49 in Gulf Breeze, and 48 in Milton. Your money now this morning. Markets at the opening bell are up. The Dow is up 67.35 at 37.535.96. S&P 500 up 9.78 today at 47.90.72. And the NASDAQ is up 57.89 at 15.113.54. Our 10-year bond rate is up slightly as well at 4.16%. Gold prices up 13.10 at 2034.70. Silver prices up a cent at 22.82 this morning and Bitcoin up 105.96 at 41.1976 today. Well, retail stores across the country are reversing course on self-checkouts. Stores are now saying that they've been a disaster for both consumers and retailers. They say the biggest problem, of course, is theft. Shoppers are reportedly 21 times more likely to sneak items past machines than human cashiers. 
Now, it's about to cost more to send a letter in the mail. Uh, come this Sunday, the Postal Service is increasing the cost of a stamp from $0.66 cents to $0.68. Cents. Uh, the price of a domestic postcard stamp also going up from 51 to $0.53. Cents. And electric car chargers may be a bit more affordable soon. The Treasury Department proposing a tax credit that would give two-thirds of U.S. consumers the ability to purchase an electric car charger at a 30% discount. It's been a busy week in the EV industry with multiple grants, funding, and research announcements being made. It is 8.37. Our next news at 9 o'clock and breaking news anytime it happens. I'm David Wayne for News Radio 92.3. Hey, Pensacola. Get ready for a midday delight that'll have you hooked. Weekdays from 11 until 2 on News Radio Pensacola. Tune in to the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins are the dynamic trio that'll keep you entertained, informed, and laughing out loud during your lunch break. They dish out the hottest topics, bring you the latest news, and deliver their unique blend of humor and insight that'll have you coming back for more. It's the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins show on News Radio Pensacola on 92.3, 95.3, and AM 1620. I will definitely call you back later then. Come on, wrap it up. Big sharp it up. Okay, you know what? Wrap up the circle thing. Come on. Commissioner Parker, wrap it up, please. Okay. Okay, everybody, that's a wrap. It's a wrap. We have a couple of friends here in studio, uh, some repeat offenders. We've got Josh Newby, the executive director of Council on Aging, and uh, um, I'd say bench player for Channel 3. Every now and then, Sue Strawn invites me on for the, for the great work. Oh, definitely. Yes. Uh, Rusty Branch, who is a vice president at Industry Hotels with a lot of other words in his title that I can never remember. <laughs> but, uh, Rusty, welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me. By the way, Rusty, we were talking about you earlier when you weren't here. Not on the air, off the air. We were talking about you. And we decided that you have a great band name. Name. Oh, Rusty Branch. That's right. Yeah. We're going to go see Rusty Branch at yeah. the Hangout yeah. Fest. I like it. Yeah, it's I mean, I, th- I think it's great. there. So if you ever decide to... Form a band. Sure. You, you've already got the name. Yeah, I got, got it. I already said. Uh, the story that was just in the news, kind of an interesting one about retailers deciding to back away from self-checkout. Uh, I I like self-checkout. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I like the interaction with the person, but Mm-mm. the amount of time that I have to wait <laughs> at a person checkout right. is 90 plus percent. You're always waiting at least for one or two people, right? right? The amount of time that you have to wait for self-checkout is, what, 5%? Yeah. You know, I mean, almost never. So I'm faster than the clerk. The only thing that's annoying is when you can't find somebody to come approve your alcohol purchase. I mean, right. but otherwise I'm fine with it. It just doesn't bother me. What yeah. And I and I guess because of shrink, like we were talking about, they're theft. cutting back theft, right? Yeah. They're cutting back. And, you know, when they transitioned, when they when they fired all these employees and they transitioned all of us to becoming their employees, right. you know, did, did the prices go down? Employees, did the right. prices go down, Andrew? No. The prices did not go down. The prices went up. So I'm sorry, I have no sympathy for these people who are now experiencing, you know, unmanageable and unsustainable levels of loss because we're doing their job for them. And then we have to show them. I'm very passionate about this. Show then, them the receipt to and prove then that we, we did the job the right. Receipt, Andrew, <laughs> no, I already did your job. You know, for a for a quiet wilting flower millennial like you to be so outspoken, well, I have to who, who likes to avoid the yes, cashier. I'm passionately defending my right to just stay in my bubble <laughs> as I move through the store. <laughs> slightly older on the scale, uh, Rusty. Uh, slightly. Well, you're not as old as I am. Um, uh, well, I'm just wondering who still goes to the store. That's true. Oh yeah, yeah that's fair. Who goes wow. inside anymore? 
I yeah, I've I've yeah. not gotten on yeah. that train at all. Yeah. I don't order things. I do my own work. I don't the Our, whole Uber for food, the or yeah. you know, Instacart. DoorDash, Instacart, yeah. all of that stuff. Call ahead and have the Walmart pickers go pick your stuff. No, thank you. No. No. Um Rusty, are you a uh, self check or no self check? My ring goes off a lot. Okay. Your what now? My ring. Oh, <laughs> So you outsource your work. <laughs> nice. All right, it's probably smarter that way, but all right, fair enough. Hey, um, Josh, I did want to ask you, we had cold weather on Wednesday morning? I think it was Wednesday morning. Yeah. And we have really cold weather coming up again tomorrow morning and Sunday morning. Obviously, a lot of concern for various vulnerable populations, including the people you serve, yes. uh, the elderly. What, I mean, I, I don't want to dwell a lot, but this is something, obviously, you work with. Sure. Um Old people who are on fixed incomes and may not have high quality heating cap- capability in w- in f- winter in Florida. Yeah, I thank you for bringing this up. I mean, just briefly, I, I was I was in a home before Christmas. It was forty something degrees in the home. I mentioned inside this inside the home. They have no heat. I mean, what's going to happen, right? Oh. They have no heat. They have no insulation. So it's forty something degrees inside the home. I mentioned this on Channel Three the other day. I get what angry I, when it's sixty. What mm. I didn't mention you know? on Channel Three is that you know me and the senior were talking, and um, I asked her what her plan was, and she said, "Oh, I'll just turn on the oven and open the door," mm. and just so matter of factly. And what Sue Strawn said to me after we got off the air is that so many people in a, in a disadvantaged minority poverty community, they're just used to life that way. Yeah, they throw in their bathrobe into the oven. Put it on, and that's how they heat up. And and these are people who built this community having to live that way. So if we can provide some respite, if we can provide some relief, if you're listening, please reach out to Council on Aging of West Florida um, and donate. I mean, th- that's the long and short of it is, it's, is donate. It's, it's as you say, you know, the human being is just about infinitely adaptable to the most beautiful circumstances mm-hmm. to take them for granted and the most atrocious circumstances to take them for granted. And when you've gradually chosen or behaved or adapted yourself into a situation like that. I mean, I had that same kind of a thing where we were delivering like angel tree stuff back in St. Louis one time to a neighborhood that we probably shouldn't have been going to at night. Mm-hmm. I mean, we just shouldn't, but we did. And I'm in there and this lady who's, you know, 90-year-old black lady is in there with her, you know, her cats and her newspapers all over the floor and her oven that's open that's heating yeah. her apartment yeah. with, with the candlelight. I mean, it's just, it just is. Mm-hmm. It's it's awful and it just is, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, We've been talking a lot about Baptist Hospital on this show in the last week, and what I think I have to say is I'm just disappointed that there's not a better ability to find a way to bridge the gap. On the one hand, you have I, – I, and I get both people. I get Alex Andrade sure. says, I can't go to my legislative fellows and tell them we're going to take this money to spend on a project, and that project doesn't manifest, and then I, I look like a liar to them and I don't have credibility. Mm-hmm. So I need a promise that it's going to be used to demolish or at least take the property. Mm -hmm. He doesn't care what happens to the property. As long as it's to acquire the property and the city takes it, that's enough. And D.C. Reeves, he didn't – I mean, he did say no. He said no last week when I asked him – or this week when I asked him, he said, I can't promise that because costs might skyrocket. We might have remediation issues. I can't be sure, and I'm not going to put the city on the hook for a project that's halfway funded, even though I appreciate the money. Well, today Alex says, "Okay, I can't get you seven or eight million. Now I can get right. you. I say three, but Broxton is going to go for five, so I can get you five. And now, an unwillingness to say a couple of words means two to three million dollars lost for the city. And again, I get both sides, but it's just disappointing all around. It doesn't. I don't know that it's going to jeopardize the project, but if you're trying to climb the sixteen and a half million dollar hill, and you're now two to three million dollars farther behind on that climb." 
that's a problem, right, Rusty? Oh, certainly. And and look, th- these are both great guys. Right, right, right. And they're trying to do what's best for the community. Smart, um, sharp, community-oriented absolutely. people. And what Alex is trying to do in Tallahassee is, you know, toe a line. Uh, certainly have Senator Broxson right now as appropriations chair. And so there's an opportunity there. Um, but 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 there's still there's a hierarchy there's a there's a way of doing things and so uh, you know and then DC is trying to work in a pretty difficult situation I mean it, we're at Dixon School right Innisfree's been there for years uh, in that community on Eighth Street two blocks south of the Baptist campus and you have uh, Attic's Court Morris Court right there yeah and so what do you do with this property is the first big question and how do you even get started but what do you do with it is it affordable housing is it low income housing is it workforce housing is it a town center. So you've got all Is these Is it mixed ideas. income? It's I mean, the, like the project things, right? in Louisiana or yeah. other places, well, right? Well, the, the, the New Orleans project's great. We've been to Lift Orlando and looked at that project mm-hmm. in the West Lakes District. We've had the East uh, Lake District folks from Atlanta come down. Uh, we've actually been a part of some of these conversations uh, because our ownership at Innisfree are developers. Very much right? so. Yeah. And so, um, so these are difficult questions. And it's unfortunate it has to be played out in the public yep. um, yeah. because it's, it's, it's tough. And that's a tough site. Um, and so I think I think Baptist is trying to do the right thing. DC is trying to do the right thing. Alex is trying to do the right thing. I think the community wants to do the right thing. But what is that? It's hard to get to. Um, and so you know, it's just unfortunate it's come to this sort of pitting each other against each other. And and you know, I know that sometimes people who do my kind of a job they like that because oh look the conflict and. Yeah. God, that is definitely not what I preferred. I was really honestly, I was kind of I knew there was some friction here, and I was hoping that. By talking to Alex and then talking to DC, I don't know. Maybe I could help mend a bridge or, or find it. Yeah. Just find it, you know. And it, it feels you know, that it, hasn't worked. It feels like, and I hope this isn't the case, but I, it feels like this is the beginning of a slide in a in the negative direction. Like it, it was the eight, two of now them in their five, relationship. Now next oh, week it'll yeah. be three. I, oh man! Well, I you know I hope not that also right because right? the project. I mean, we want it to happen for sure. You know, and it doesn't seem like it's it's not going to happen just happen on its own, right? You know, so all right. Well, hey, we've got the uh, wrap going on. We've got uh, Rusty Branch and Josh Newby here in in the studio with me. Jake's got our traffic on the fives. Okay, we're still watching uh, the area around I-10 West merging onto 110. We have a fender bender from earlier there, three vehicles still off to the side of the road there, so just use a little caution getting by them, getting onto 110 from 10 West. Ruby Avenue at West Fairfield Drive, we have a vehicle crash with injuries and roadblock there, as well as Creighton Road and Lanier Drive, uh, vehicle crash with injuries there as well, blocking two right lanes. If you see anything else out there, let us know, 437-1620. I'm Jake Walker with Traffic on the Fives. Thanks so much, Jake. All right. Um this week we've been talking a lot on the show about term limits. Yeah. And I am passionately uh conflicted. <laughs> like I really really see both sides and I think I probably go with I don't believe in term limits, which puts me as an outsider in my party. Conservatives and Republicans are typically pro term limits and Democrats and liberals typically don't like them. Uh the problem I have with this bill is it does it through statute rather and rather than doing it through referendum. Mm-hmm. And I just can't see my way around the following argument. If the voters want to vote to not trust the voters in the future, who they are, that's one thing. But if the legislators decide not to trust the voters in the future to elect out the people who shouldn't be there for 20 or 30 or 40 years, that's a whole different problem to me. And so it seems like this should only be done through referendum, but it's being done through statute. But I'm, look, I I get Chuck Grassley shouldn't be in the Senate at 90. Mm-hmm. But then again, it's Iowa voters to make that decision, and Iowa voters keep making the decision to keep him. 
how do you say to them no? And how do you say to people who want to continue to reelect Stephen Barry or Lumen May or Jeff Bergosh or Sam Parker or, you know, or eventually Chip Simmons and Bob Johnson, because it's going to come to all the constitutionals at some point. And then you have the complication of, well, our administrative positions like supervisor of elections or clerk of the court are those ones where the term limits arguments make right. sense. You're going to force David Stafford to. Well, he's I mean, left, I know he but, I know, but, but do we want to like get rid that. of Tappy Valane just because it's been right. a long time? Who cares? She's doing a great job. So, uh, Rusty, you work in Tallahassee a lot. You're. Let's start with Josh on this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you know, uh, you get term limits every two years, every four years. You know, have a smarter electorate. I, I'm sort of fundamentally against legislative action on any sort of election protocol. It goes back to, to Supreme Court Baker versus Carr for me, the political thicket. There's 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 too much to lose and too much to gain for the legislators to put their hands in that pot. I agree. It needs to be done. It needs to be given to the voters. But it is a weird one, right? Because it's not legislators voting to enhance their power. Right. It's, it's legislators Forcing the electorate to accept a reduction in power for them, which is term limits, right? That's right. That's and right. So it's it, a little it bit odd. Correct. It is. It is a. It is self-limiting. Right. Uh, they're voting to self-limit. Um. But I. I. I'm still against it. Again, it's the will of the people, and you're gonna preempt that in a state of all states that supposedly values home rule. It just. I don't know. It, and and that's the other issue is proximity to the voter, right? County commissioners are. Yeah. You know, that's your neighbor. Right. That's right. I mean, you know, Matt Gates is somebody's neighbor. Right. Well, and I mean, you know, and yeah. so but the point is you can reach out and talk to your commissioners all day long if you don't like what's going on. You may, maybe they don't answer you. I don't know. But you, you they are gives, much more accountable than you, you've the been, senators. And you've been talking about Chevron doctrine. It also gives a term limits give a lot of power to the to the administrative state and the, the lobbyists. surrounding powers, the donors, yes. the uh, the businesses, the lobbyists. Right. Because somebody's going to have that power. Right. And if it's not in the hands of the legislator, well, it'll be somewhere else. Right. Yeah, so I think they got a leg to stand on because they voted it on themselves right. in the past. So, um, you know, I think from that perspective, my my one concern is that with with closing primaries and what funding does do, um, you know, name ID is a big deal. And so, anyways, I I think it might open name recognition th- that sort of thing, yeah. right? Yeah. So you right. could have someone in office, you know, a Chuck Grassley, and people in Iowa vote for him because they just know that name when they go in. Yep. Right. Yep. And so the idea that it would force a more um, engaged voter potentially that you'd have to do your research, you'd have to look into that because right now we can we can be sure that our system isn't working greatly in terms of turnout and who does decide in the end, especially in Florida with the way mm-hmm. primaries work. Um, who do you get on that ballot at mm-hmm. the end of it? Um, so, you know, am I supportive? I don't know, but I, I think that there are pluses, there's minuses to it. I think it's hurt small communities like us in the legislature um, because it's tilted the power to South Florida where we can't reelect the same person. And they, folks in South Florida know this senator is going to be here for the next 20, 30 years. Yeah. And that's the way it used to work, right? So that's the way a small area like ours um, w- was able to maintain some sense of power because Tampa, Miami, Orlando, they're going to turn over. You're going to have people that run right. against you. And so that's harmed us, and it's created this hierarchy where leadership really controls the whole you know, of a two-year session. Mm-hmm. Um, and downhill, you just got to play that game. And so that, that whole system is truly befuddling to me. I, I mean, we do this thing, like I heard Michelle Salzman make the comment. She's like, well, my speaker. Yeah. The speaker uh, for her class when she got elected for the first time last time around, mm-hmm. and they already know who the speaker is right. going to be in yep. six years. Yep. 
what the <laughs> and same right. for Alex. I mean, yeah. in fact, one of the things about him functioning as he does with the leadership positions he's had is that he's going to be one of the chief lieutenants of his speaker when he gets yep. into that position. That's great for us, but you know, compare that to the House of Representatives in Congress where it seems like, you know, they're always having to pick their speaker because they can't figure it out. Right, but yeah. that at least makes sense right. to me. You know, it's not just how can somebody be picked six years in advance? Term limits. Yeah, well, right. <laughs> it's, an, it's an interesting argument I haven't heard before, Rusty, that that forcing term limits would force voter engagement and participation because they'd sort of have to research, assuming they don't just go with R or D. I think it's I, almost the it's the it's sort of the reverse of that is when somebody is going to be in office for twenty years, nobody bothers getting right. interested sure. in running because they can't get in sure. there. Yeah, when you know they're leaving, people pay attention and maybe the spark spark catches. Yeah, and and, and you know those folks, if if you're one of the people, you know, a lobbyist type, and you're picking a horse, that's what they do, right? Right. And you've got someone with name ID that's been in office, that's right. been elected. And all of a sudden, they're the ones with the money. They're the ones with the name ID, and you need. Two of three things. Three is great to win an election. You need to have name ID, you need to have money, and you need to have volunteers. Two of those three will get mm-hmm. you there, mm-hmm. right? And so um, I, I'm not saying that it that it would do it. I just think it would entice it. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, and I, I think right now there's not an enticement from that standpoint other than the, the, the extremes of the parties. Sure. Right? Well, the, you know, and the, the one, I don't know, one of the business guys who also was a county commissioner, he made the point, he said, Tell me an industry in which high turnover is better for the output product. Yeah. I mean, somebody with institutional knowledge. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it the, the basic thing is people think about the 40-year serving person who's incompetent. Mm-hmm. And they don't think about like a Don Salter. Right. You know, who right. serves for a long time and is great at it. Like, yeah. it's both sides. I mean, yeah. both can be true. And but, I, but, I, but again, <laughs> you know, <laughs> those who figured out the system and know how to use it to their sure, advantage, sure, sure. to me, may may, may do more. Um, you know, Don Gates used to say, re- really limiting government, right? Like, starve it out. The less you do, the better yeah, yeah, yeah. for government. You know, the Reagan idea. Um, and so those folks who figured out how to use that to... To their advantage, to their privilege, yeah. maybe that's mm. probably a bad word in here. Um, <laughs> I don't mind. Word. You know, their blessing, I guess. Um, I, I don't know. The 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 newbie, um, you know, that isn't sure <laughs> nice. how yeah. to operate. Maybe that stalls some of the things. Maybe that's so progress. So, worked in inefficiency, just like conflict between the parties, is designed by the uh, federal right, by the right. founders. Sort of and sure. that's not a, that's not a bug. That's a feature, right? Yeah, so potentially. Okay. Uh, I have a different question I want to get both of your thoughts on, and we'll uh, get a traffic break in here fast. But um, it just occurred to me, I was reading a bill on, uh, it was maybe it was the term limits bill, but it suddenly occurred to me, why doesn't the party just do this on its own? You don't need a law. Why doesn't the state Republican Party or the, even the county Republican Party say, you know what, we say we believe in term limits and here's the money where our mouth is. We're just going to say if you're a two-term commissioner, you cannot run for a third term and call yourself a Republican. We're not going to support you as a party. They could do it without the legislature. They could do it on their own, and it would be just—I think it'd be pretty darn effective, and it would be— you know, self-imposed, which I've always preferred that as a, as a conservative. I'll get your thought on that in a second. Jake's got traffic on the fives. Okay, all right. So Ruby Avenue at West Fairfield Drive, we have a vehicle crash with injuries in Roadblock as well as Creighton Road and Lanier Drive causing some slowdowns there this morning. 98 westbound after you get through Tiger Point uh, before the Naval Preserve, we have some really slow traffic getting by there westbound. And uh, Burgess Road going by West Florida High School is very congested at the moment in both directions. If you see anything out there, you can always call or text 437 20. I'm Jake Walker with Traffic on the Fives. Thanks so much, Jake. So kind of two thoughts. One is, 
Uh, somebody who says they believe in term limits and keeps running for a third or fourth term. I'm right. like, come, come on, just take yourself out. You believe right. in it, do it, right? Um, the other one is, why doesn't the party just do it? <laughs> why doesn't the party say, we believe in term limits. We don't need the legislature to enforce our will on this. We just won't mm-hmm. support you if you run for a third term. And, of course, without the party, they can't be elected, right? So why not that? The only thing, I mean, that, that's a that's a novel thought to me. The only thing I can come up with is that it's it's sexy to run on. It's a it's a more useful platform position that doesn't get solved. Yeah, okay. uh, you know, uh, so to, we to, would like, do this like, if only we had well, the votes. You have like, three quarters of the legislature, sir. Like abortion for a long time, yeah, you know, sure. what was a big driving force behind the behind the right to turn out and vote. Yeah, and turnout now, issues, right? Correct, if you can get right. people excited, then they'll come and vote. Is it a turnout issue when they could solve it internally? I don't think Republicans really have the "we can't get it done" argument anymore in Florida. Right. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they want to limit others' terms. Yeah, maybe, maybe any. Can the I mean the party could do it right theoretically the party could just say we're committed to this we're not supporting anybody past two terms right yeah I, I think so <laughs> I don't know what power the party has right I mean I think they could still run as a Republican you probably wouldn't have the fundraising apparatus but I think you could still run I mean you're registered Republican through the through the supervisors of elections not through the party I I don't feel knowledgeable enough about party structure but let's talk about it more yeah. <laughs> let's pontificate let's about it yeah it's a little bit more no I, I love that oh man uh well we are almost completely out of time let me just get your your 10 second reaction to this funny story to me parents are sometimes showing up with their kids at job interviews to helicopter them all the way through happiness no absolutely <laughs> not i'm not hiring the parents <laughs> If a parent showed up at a job interview with an applicant for you, Rusty, is that going to go well for them? I don't know. It's according to how the parents act, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, that's right. Well, it depends. Are they coming to work? Yeah, I mean, yeah. you're going to make sure they're there, they're on time. I mean, time, if the parent's yeah. done all the homework and, you yeah. know, helping them throughout life, maybe the, maybe you get the parent in the deal and yeah. they're a good employee. There you go. Two for them. one. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take it. Rusty Branch, good, good band name. And Josh Newby, uh, gentlemen, thank you so much. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Listen on air at 92.3, 95.3, and AM 1620. News Radio 92.3, WNRP, Golf Breeze, Milton, Pensacola.